Hi there and welcome to the third episode of Straight Outta Taunton. In this episode, things get a little ridiculous. We discuss archaeology, the excavation of Pompeii and the merits or otherwise of fundraising. Matt's diary lets him down, Josh's internet crashes and I struggle to avoid provoking an angry mob by keeping away from some more sensitive subjects. Let's just say the cutting room floor is a dark and disturbing place this time. We hope you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed making it. I'm Matt. I'm Johnny. I am Josh. And I'm Matt. And this, and is, this is straight, straight from, from the hot set. Why, why did the uh, baker's hand smell? I, I, I don't know, Josh. Because, because she needed a poo. We found out recently that a major challenge when recording a podcast is coordinating the various different guests to be on a call at the same time to do the recording. In our situation, this has been made even more difficult by one of us being based in America. And as you'll hear from this podcast, that individual also has a problem with his diary management in addition to his diverse and extremely complicated love life, which often gets in the way of devoting the necessary time to recording. I'm really sorry, I can't do it today. Something something has come up at the last minute, and I meant to send you a message three hours ago. Oh, Matt. What, what, what's come up, Matt? I know. I have to help someone move for short notice. Oh, Matt. And it's, it's been, yeah, so I'm... Could we, can we reschedule for a few days? <laughs> I can do it every, any other time. Then this can be like a funny, like, <laughs> There's nothing funny about your, like, uh, your lack of organisation. There's nothing funny about it, but <laughs> I, I would like to, I would love to reschedule for a couple of days. This, this thing has come up. I'll, I'll call you later and tell you what happened. Yeah, you want to promise, Matt, aren't you? That's what's happened. You want to promise. It's, it's a bit different to that, although essentially there are some fundamentals that are to tie up with your hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Uh, are, are, you, are you the garbage collector, Matt? Is that what it is? You've been out cleaning the streets? No. The garbage truck killer? No. no. So obviously this podcast is called Straight Out of Taunton. Uh, so in preparation for, for recording this particular episode, I, I've done a fair bit of research into Taunton and I still can't find anything remotely interesting about the place. Taunton's got a wine bar now. That does, does it? Um, yeah, because I need to organise a wine delivery um, on Christmas Eve, and oh, yeah. they did a they did a short notice wine delivery, and they have a wine bar. Do you reckon there is a single sommelier in the whole of Taunton? There might be one in the Castle Hotel, I suppose. That's that's got a reasonably good reputation, isn't it? Actually, speaking of languages in French, uh, do you have you guys ever seen a program called Plebs uh, on the BBC? It's essentially a, a sitcom um, set in ancient Pompeii, uh, and they use a lot of the, the the names of characters from the the Latin textbooks that we used to use. I think the man Caecilius himself is notoriously absent from it. Well, did, did Caecilius and Attila survive Pompeii, or were they killed? I think they were killed. Well, they were. He was. Calculus was in Artria Sedet for rather too long, I remember. And yeah. Matilla has been Atrium Sedat, I think, but she, where, she, where she's been ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to outrun that pyrocastic flow, Kykelius. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? There's like this legendary um, uh, corpse they found from Pompeii um, who looks like he's masturbating. 
Really? Um, yeah. And he's called like the, the Pompey wanker. Or something. <laughs> and, and it is, it, it, it's like a, it's, they reckon he's like um, a, a master and his slave in in a room, and it's not it's not a stretch of the imagination that he's he's, he's yanking himself off. Um, <laughs> One last of act before death. Yeah, that was his that was his last thing to do. But but it, but he's curiously he's right next to this other person. Um, <laughs> What's he doing? And uh, <laughs> well, no, not yanking. I mean, like you know, he's a I don't know. Here we go. The so-called Pompey masturbator probably wasn't yeah. doing what you think he was. Well, he's, he's there with his, you know, with, with his servants or whatever, you know, and he realizes he realizes the game is up. He's like, "Sorry, Grumio. This volcano eruption's making me horny." <laughs> it's like just just before he bites the big one, he gets one more in. I was listening to a podcast the other day, a different podcast, and they did like a survey of um, of what you would do if you were given a ten minute warning of of of, of life ending, or like a nuclear bomb, or some mass structure thing. And this, and the, and the number one answer, family fortune styles, was to go on Pornhub and have a wank. No. <laughs> Who did they um, who did they get, you know, who was the survey? Our survey says who, who did they interview for that? I don't know. Maybe it was like a sort of barracks of uh, of squaddies or something. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. That's an interesting question though. If you if you had ten minutes left on this mortal coil, what would you do? I don't know, what would you do? Oh, I think hug your family after 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 sort of having a wank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite like to you know to, to, to exact retribution maybe about ten minutes. Ten minutes left. Might take a while though. The travel involved might might be prohibitive. If you knew yeah, you'd have to time your ten minutes so you're in the very close proximity of someone who's <laughs> His number you'd marked. Although to be fair, ten minutes is not not really long enough to achieve a great deal, is it? So I can, yeah. I can kind of see why. Yeah, knocking one out is probably about all you can really get done. How much time would you need to do something meaningful? Is that oh, are you how much time does it takes to have a wank? Just imagine if you never made it. <laughs> You're like like that guy from Bay. You just like. <laughs> Just <laughs> a real uphiller, the thought of being killed, burned to death. <laughs> There's something about my impending death that's really like getting in my head here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the deep burn, the deep burn. <laughs> the last thing you see before you like check out completely is your cock like vaporizing <laughs> in your own hand. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit like sort of auto asphyxiation, isn't it? That rather than using some kind of some kind of garrot, you know, you're actually using a massive volcano and some highly toxic gases. Let's say this was a sort of global incident that was going to wipe out. There would literally be seven billion people having a wank. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you know, kind of like, 
tens of thousands of years, they're just killing seven billion ranking fossils. The <laughs> <laughs> key cultural discovery. <laughs> Ridiculous thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. uh, everyone just uh, just to reconnect with the subject matter that could happen in Taunton yeah yeah. there, there are certain things we probably shouldn't talk about where, where, where's your line Matt? do you want to get on the religion route? I think that's probably asking for trouble isn't it? <laughs> I think we'll just save religion to when our numbers are up over a million and then we'll, then we'll have the goodwill in the bank that could be days though Johnny yeah, days. Yeah, days. Or, eight, or hours. But what can you not talk about? Like, do you want to go near this coronavirus shit? I think it's boring. I think it's boring. We're in the California lockdown here, right? Yeah. No one pays any attention to it. And, like, and, and that's why you've got like 300,000 people dead, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, like, nobody gives a shit. So, like, my mum was telling me, like, we're in tier three or whatever, right? And I'm just like, is anyone there stopping you physically from doing anything? Or is it all in your own head? <laughs> That's a great question. To me. That is actually a good question, Matt. Here, the whole thing is you can't limit my personal freedom. So nobody pays any attention to any kind of rule or, or regulation. Like my, my parents are so law-abiding and so is my sister. And like here, it's like we have to pay an armed police force. All I'm going to tell you is that my Christmas Eve was spent emptying a 12 gauge in the <laughs> Hunger Canyon. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. So to answer your question, Matt, about who's policing lockdown, who? um, there's a person who I'm going to call Karen, who is uh, who's uh, naturally on Facebook over here, who is very much in charge of who's the she? world and everything. She's one it. of your she, she's, she's a yeah, she, she's a, a woman that I I used to work with, and in in, in, a, in a sort of the moments of weakness, I accepted her friend request, and um, she yeah she gives daily, sometimes hourly updates um, about what people can and can't do, and what people should and shouldn't do under lockdown situations. Really? Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Who is that? And she says things like, "Be careful out there, people," when she posts oh. something. Yeah. But it's yeah. like yeah. the thing is, it's the whole cultural difference of like. People over there love to police each other, but over here, if you try that, you're you, you, who knows. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, literally, I spoke to five people over Christmas who told me a variation of this. Right? If there is a vaccine, I'm not taking it because I don't want Bill Gates to control me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one. Yeah, but I think that's what essentially what Facebook's just become these days, hasn't it? It's been somewhere where people talk about various ridiculous conspiracy theories. People post pictures of their kids. Uh, people police each other um, and also ask for money constantly for sponsorship for various different things. You asked me to come up with something that I find really irritating to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. One thing that I find intensely irritating is people... <laughs> who go on this, like, uh, 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 sponsor me to do, like, X. Do you know what I mean? Like, sp I'm going to do a sponsored bike ride for cancer. I think it's, it's okay if you've never ridden a bike before in your life. 
Yeah, if, if it's not just a ride, it's also learning to ride a bike. Possibly riding, you know, riding a, a bike that hasn't got a saddle down a cobbled street, maybe. You know. <laughs> but the thing is, just like the S&M man. <laughs> like, if you want to help help out with cancer, why don't you just give some of your fucking money to cancer? You know, just why why do you have to tell everybody that you're doing something? And it's always very very predictable. It's always like. I want to do a bike ride or like a sw- I'm going to swim 20 laps or whatever. I mean, who cares, right? And, and, and I'm a good person. I mean, you're not a good person. You're just like 44 years old, um, uh, you know, in the middle of a deep midlife crisis that no amount of fucking laps around a swimming pool has ever get you <laughs> And you got too much money, which is why you're asking other people, you know, like, like nobody cares about you. Nobody <laughs> fucking cares about your st- fucking riding a bike to like John O'Groats to Scotland or wherever. I, I have a bit of an issue with with, with general sponsorship raising, but I, I do find that yeah that, that people you know people are putting these little fundraisers out for things that they basically just want to do for fun. So it's like, yeah, can you sponsor me? I've got a massive challenge ahead. I'm going to uh, snorkel off the Great Barrier Reef, and I want to raise some money. I'm going to stay. Could you sponsor me? I'm going to stay in a luxury hotel. Yeah, for three days. Because that, that's what this guy did, wasn't there? There's this bloke in America who was um, to to not you know over egg the point a bit of a beefcake, um, mm. and um, he 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 w- w- went on a, on a on a weight loss discovery journey. Um, you know, after I don't know, maybe he couldn't get out of bed one day, and he decided to go on a big weight loss journey. Um, and his plan was to to cycle um, to. I don't know Ohio or something like that from New York. It was it was a bit of a bit of a long a long range trip. Uh, anyway, he, he kind of started doing it on um on social media and he got a bit of traction and, and got, got quite viral. Uh, and in the end, he got quite a lot of sponsorship and a lot of people playing a bit of interest, including some people like you know Ellen and um, you know the Saturday Night Show and all this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> and he, he he got given yeah he got given this like custom made bike. I mean this guy was. This guy was pushing thirty stone, I reckon. He was he was a bit of a unit. Anyway, so they, they started tracking his journey, and, and and essentially, all he was doing was was cycling from you know his home to a hotel, staying there free of charge, you know, for a few days, hitting hitting the all you can eat buffet, and then cycling another couple of miles to another hotel, and you know over over a couple of months, he basically cycled about ten miles. And had, had eaten his way through all the all you can eat buffets for about fifteen different hospitality venues, all of whom had given him free accommodation um, because of his weight loss journey. So you know it was pretty funny, and you know it all it all went bad. And then he he put on some ridiculous post about how his journey was teaching him a lot about himself and how he's got to address his his issues with with weight loss and eating. And also probably freeloading, I think. I think the biggest thing he probably should have addressed really is cheating, freeloading, and lying to the great American public. Nobody cares about you. So, like, (laughs) why don't you just stop, you know? Why don't you just accept the fact that nothing you do will ever remotely come close to doing that? And it's like, (laughs) stop stop fucking, uh, like, dropping your dense midlife crisis on everybody else. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, just learn to deal with it. So, so, so Matt, though, you know, isn't, isn't the sum of multiple parts 
greater than the contribution of one person. So, you know, I don't know how much you've you've donated to charity. What's the most you've ever donated to charity in one go? I mean, I think I gave $5 to the homeless or something <laughs> like 10 years ago. Well, well there we you go. We didn't really have a homeless problem. Now we did. So, so, so your total contribution to charitable causes is around $5. So if you had five friends that sponsored you, that sponsored you, I don't know, to shoot some guns, um, and we all gave a fiver. No one's going to sponsor me. And Nobody's going to sponsor me to empty a 12-gauge up Big Thunder Canyon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, will happen, what will happen, though, is people will censure me and say that's bad. <laughs> Surely in America they'd sponsor you, Matt, wouldn't they? No. The thing is, I just find it, it's like so... You know, it's so fucking self-involved. And like, it's always these, like, well-off, middle-aged white people who have to do something. That, oh, you're so good for, like, doing a bike ride. Why don't you just do a bike ride? Why, why, do, you, why yeah. do you have to, like, make it out that you're doing a good thing? I'm I think that's the point, isn't it? They, they, they're going to do the bike ride anyway. You're going to do it anyway. You're exactly right, Johnny. That is the point right there. They're going to do it anyway. We'll yeah. just tack on a bit of half-hour sponsorship. Yeah, like, stop yeah. pretending that in any way, any aspect of your life is devoted to other people. Your entire <laughs> life has been devoted <laughs> to yourself. Because if any of your life had been devoted to the betterment of other people, you simply would not be in a position when you are asking people to sponsor you to do a fucking bike ride. <laughs> so, so, Matt, they what? Okay, so you know I, mean? I think we, we we all agree on the point that you shouldn't ask people for sponsorship yeah, to, just to do, do something it. that either you really want to do, like, you know, a skydive. You know, I'd love to do a skydive. I'd love to do something, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to go around asking for money to do it. There you go. I'd love lots of people to to fund me to do a skydive because I can't afford it myself. That's essentially what people do. But but what is it? What is a good level of hardship? Do you know what I mean? You know, I think that there, there is. You know, you're absolutely right on this, except for one thing. There is nothing worse than awareness raising via so via social media. The point I'm trying to make is that all of this stuff is. Uh, chat is 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 uh, self promotion and personal self involvement masquerading as charity. Look at me, I'm a good person because I'm. You're not a good person. Like nothing about you're a consumerist. You've spent your whole life bettering yourself. You've avoided helping other people your whole life, and now you turn around at like age thirty five and expect people to sponsor you for a fucking bike ride. Like you're a good person. Nothing about, <laughs> nothing about your personal choices translates to I'm a good person. Well, you know, on, on, on that cheery note. I think, I think to, for it to be worthy, you have to, you have to lose a lot of sleep. You have to lose a yeah. lot of skin. And preferably you have to lose, you have to, you have to jeopardize your relationships. <laughs> I think, you know, those are the sort of like, those are the sort of, that's the sort of level that you've really got to, really got to push it. There, there needs to be some permanent physical some risk of permanent physical damage i think that the best example of charitable you know uh what is it like charitable self-promotion is good old jc because think about what he did jeremy corbyn <laughs> this is a guy who fucking like sacrificed ended up, ended up crucified you know and that's the level of you know 
That's I mean, right. He, said he sacrificed himself for charity. You know, there was no half measures involved there. There was no half measures. He said, "Yeah, he certainly lost lost a lot of sleep and some a lot of relationships." Let's play, literally, let's play devil's advocate with this. He did yeah. know <laughs> that he was coming back. I mean, Do you think he, he did. Ask, he didn't ask everyone in fucking Palestine to like <laughs> give him fucking ten denarii. I mean, it's it's like sponsored crucifixion. Trying to get on with my life. That was the that was the that was the the unreported story of the of the of the five fishes and the loaves. Was that he actually he 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 massively overpriced them, um, (laughs) and he ripped all the customers off. So yeah, he didn't say he didn't say if you give me. If you give me 20 sesterci, I'll yeah. break the loaves and the fishes and you're going to have some. And could you, <laughs> by the way, put it into my GoFundMe account? So what, you, what you're effectively saying is that the crucifixion was the ice bucket challenge of of the year zero. It's quite yeah. underreported, but on the back of the cross, um, whereas he carried it up um, the hill of Gethsemane, was actually like a big sort of painted thermometer. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, um, and he just needed to get it up to the top before before he got the top. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> thing. Do you reckon they, they they had a you know a primitive version of a telethon whilst he was up there? You know, they got a, lo- a load of local celebrities to yeah. to, to ra- randomly dial numbers. I even know the theme tune. It went, go telethon on the mountain <laughs> over the hills and far away. <laughs> go yeah. telethon on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> 800, 61, 50, 50, 50. So there it is. We've managed to offend billions of people by comparing the crucifixion to a telethon and the ice bucket challenge. Um, but she, so... Jesus Christ. Right, so where do we go from here? <laughs> so, Matt, thanks for that. That was that was enlightening and um you know, I, I always knew that you were a, a charitable giving sort of sort of guy and it's been confirmed to me. No, Matt, there's two types of people in life. Winners and losers. Don't be a loser. <laughs> So here we are, three episodes in, and I'm already going to have to send a series of apologetic letters to people, uh, put disclaimers on the website, and, and generally apologise for the appalling commentary and uh, viewpoints of some of the guests on this show. Um, anyway, Josh, uh, how have you been? What's been uh, grinding your gears recently? Oh, um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think, really. I mean, I probably the main thing is really just a sort of hysteria about coronavirus. I know you've got coronavirus. But it's just really the fact that, you know, I think the sort of media are kind of keeping us in this um, in this sort of fairly se- permanent state of semi-panic about it. <clears throat> when, and, and I think the latest thing is this whole, uh, you know, Britain being the sort of the, the prior of the world. It's being the leper colony of the world. <laughs> yeah, but... but <laughs> But I mean, okay, that and that's the media from other countries as well, I suppose. But I mean, the, the reaction to it has been so silly because, you know, I you know I think it's kind of recognised within the last twenty four hours. I mean, already that this strain exists in loads of other places, and it's probably as yeah. widespread as it is here everywhere. 
So yeah. the reaction in sort of 24 hours to just close the borders and it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of, it, it, it's, it's part and parcel of the whole hysteria around coronavirus. And I just want people to get a fucking grip. <laughs> I know, man. Johnny, are you, in, are, you, are you tier four lockdown as well? Are you? Not yet. Not yet. I'm on the board. I'm, I'm still in tier two, but it, you know, I think it will be tier four next week after Christmas, I think. So, I skated here for, I went straight for just having fucking coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> and what's it yeah. like, Matt? You're tier X. What's it like? What's, what's the coronavirus like? So, how can I explain what it's like? There are, there are two, there are, there are two things about coronavirus. One is coronavirus. And the second thing is the fear of coronavirus, right? So actual coronavirus right now is like a nasty flu. Actually, And, and the most annoying thing of it all is the fact that it's really fucking tiring constantly so like literally any everything's a massive effort um if you you know if you get too hot doing something you can't cool down if you get too cold doing something you can't warm up um you just generally feel washed out and lethargic and can't be asked that's probably the overwhelming feeling that you get with it um Mm. you know fever to start with but I've had a lot worse, and the joint aches and all of that. I mean, you know, it's just like a normal flu, I suppose. But the thing that really isn't very nice is the fear of what it could become. Because, Mm. like, exactly as you point out, Josh, the hysteria. So, right now, you know, as a 41-year-old, you know, male, I'm in a relatively low-risk category. Um, But then, of course, you know, there's all these stories everywhere of oh my you know so and so only 38 and caught coronavirus and died and there's so and so that's oh i thought i was recovering and then it got really worse and you know people who who uh, who, who seem to get it um really mildly and then they go downhill people who have it really mildly but never never recover for months on end i mean and, and that's yeah that the worst thing so you get i, mean, I feel constantly paranoid that you know is my breathing you know becoming more labored do, do i feel more breathless do i you know do, do i feel like i'm you know getting worse do you know what i mean it's, it's this kind of shit that is really not very nice and i don't know how much yeah. of that is real and i should be concerned about it or you know it's just reading too much shit over the months you know but yeah I mean, the bottom line is you can see why people get very ill with it because you know it's not very nice yeah yeah i mean it's definitely i mean it's definitely you know it's definitely out there I mean, what about over in the States, Matt? So, you know, on the outside looking in, the States is basically like Mad Max now, where everyone's either dead or dying, and there are people in the, in the streets with guns, and there are people, you know, ransacking everything. You know, that's what it feels like when I look at the news. Um, What's the reality like? I think that was the reality of the States before coronavirus. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if... This has always been an extreme place to live, so... Yeah. I feel like coronavirus has just made it more extreme. Matt, is is what what's the sort of Hollywood take on it? Are, are writers are they all going to sort of like start? They, you know, is it is it going to have an effect on the output of Hollywood's? Well, it stop it stop production. It stopped production for about a year. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so there's there's going to be a huge backlog of stuff. Yeah. So it's, and it, it, but in it's, terms of the actual like subject matter for the writers and stuff, is it is it sort of like let's write something about coronavirus or let's definitely not? You know what? I think actually the reverse. Everyone's sick of yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. I I think that the reverse. Honestly, I, I think that what people are more concerned with is 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 the stuff that's come out of this year. So like 
the yeah. diversity issues and uh, yeah. the, the stuff to do with race, for example, like race is the most, mm. is the biggest, is the biggest uh, subject at the moment. Yeah. Do, you not, do you not think a change in government is going to go some way to alleviate that though? Yeah, it will. It will. Because the thing is this government has just, it's fanned the flames of all of that stuff, mm. you know, because like race is the, is the DNA of the country here. So a bit like cl how class is over there. So it's it's yeah. it's basically <clears throat> exacerbated the, the problem because, you know, white people basically vote for Donald Trump because they're scared that they're being outnumbered by people who aren't white. So uh, effectively, that's Donald Trump in a nutshell. Yeah, I think certainly looking from the outside in, um, obviously we're in a fairly privileged position over here because we don't have a population that's armed to the teeth for a start, but it certainly looks as if the Trump administration has uh, has, has done some pretty questionable things um or, or rather nothing uh, when it comes to the big issues of, of race and diversity over in the states um anyway matt you work in hollywood obviously fairly interesting place to work you must have seen some crazy things over the years any cool stories about famous people or anything interesting from the front line of uh, being a writer you guys are what you guys are watch yes. game of thrones right yeah 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 so yeah. I went to the gym in Hollywood with uh, with my ex-girlfriend like two years ago. She got me this gym membership. We go into the gym, right? And then it was fun. We're walking into the gym and this guy comes out walking towards me. She goes to me, do you know who that is? And I said, who is it? And, and she goes, that's David Benioff, the writer of Game of, Game of Thrones, right? So, so as he's coming out, I quickly mm. shout to him, hold the door. <laughs> <laughs> and i will just say i will just say i got a lot of laughs for it man did he hold the door man? he did he was too surprised <laughs> but he fucked up the end of game of thrones so no, no one likes him anymore. thanks for listening to this rather loose episode of straight out of taunton if you enjoyed it please share it comment and tell your friends about us if not then maybe go back to storming government buildings dressed as a bear Every episode, we aim to give a shout-out to a Taunton business, as, despite some of our joking around, we got a lot of love for that place. This time, I'd like to give a massive shout-out to Taunton Farmers Market. The market has continued throughout lockdowns and brings fresh, homemade, homegrown and farm-reared produce to the town every Thursday between 9am and 3pm. Please head down, as supporting independent businesses across the country and, of course, across Somerset is more important than ever at the moment. The market takes the restrictions seriously and provides a safe environment for you all to browse and sample their wares. I'd also like to take this opportunity to convey my condolences to the family of Steve Woods. Steve, a fantastic family friend to our family, sadly lost his life to coronavirus this week. Steve's appalling death has really highlighted the importance of listening to government advice, staying safe and respecting the randomness of this illness. Steve, in his early 50s, had no underlying health conditions, was fit, active and healthy, and leaves two sons behind. We love you, Steve, and safe travels. This podcast is brought to you by Moran's Restaurant in Westwood Hope, the finest establishment for eating Thai food in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're ever in North Devon, go visit Frankie and her crew and have one of the best meals you can possibly buy in the area. This is straight from the hot tap.